Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. There's a word that has been said maybe throughout this year, maybe even a year before. It's a word that has been birthed out of the heart of our senior pastors, even in Hawaii. And you probably heard this before, not just in this context, not in just this, in this body of Christ, but the word is revival. Somebody say revival. revival. What is revival? Revival is wanting a restoration of life, a restoration of strength, a spiritual awakening. To not just go through the motions, to not just pass by the small things, to not just, you know, see your spouse and be like, oh, good morning. In a sense, to not lose the beauty of life, of God, of people, of freedom. And I need you to understand that though you may be it's your first time here, I need you to know that there is a revival coming. There's a revival coming. Because it's something we all want. Some of us need a restoration in our life, a restoration in our family, a restoration in our city. But here's the thing, before revival looks like a fire, it looks like a candle. Because revival starts with me and you. I love our candlelight services in Christmas when we each hold just a small little flame. But when we gather together, it pierces the darkness for miles and I forgot some Philippines and some kilometers, some meters. And so today I'm preaching a message, I'm sharing a message called, you guys ready for this? Since revival starts with me, the message is titled Revival in My Bones. Revival in my bones. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God of revival. Lord, I thank you that you are here with us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that revival is in our bones, it's in our DNA, it's in our in our spirit, Lord. And so I pray right now that we remember who we are in you. Lord, I pray that we remember we remember who you are. And I pray, Lord, that you help me to preach, you help us to listen. Holy Spirit, we know you are here, but we just invite you to manifest your presence in such a way that lets us know that you are God. We thank you for this time. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen. Inspire Church, give somebody a high five. Give somebody a hug. Find your second choice. Tell them you look amazing today. You look amazing today. Hey, it's good to be back. It's really good. I missed you guys. Aloha. Mahalo. <laughs> if it's your, I mean, if you've been here for the past two months, if you're new, you're like, who is this guy? Englishero. Uh, I'm your location pastor. And from Pastor Mike and Pastor Lisa, they say hello. And from my wife, she wishes she is here. She's mad at me, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord. 
One of the things about coming to the Philippines, people were asking me already when I got here, what are you craving, Pastor Nolan? Like, what do you want to eat, Pastor Nolan? It, I love the food tripping in Philippines. It's like, people were like, oh, I know you're going to be working hard. And I go, I'm going to be eating hard. Let's go. But one of the things that people were recommending were going to Tagaytay. They're like, do you want to eat bag of beans, Antonio's? I'm like, come on. How many of you guys are craving the cheesecake from bag of beans? I love it. I love Philippines. Like, though, sometimes it gets so hot, right, in Manila. It gets so hot in the city. And what do we do? We want to escape the heat. So we go to the mountains of Tagaytay to overlook Taal, right, hoping it doesn't explode while we're there. So we can eat coffee, drink coffee and eat cake. And a lot of times what we do is when we go up into the coldness, what do we do? We go and we love, in, what do we drink? What do we eat in Tagaytay? Bulalo. Ooh. We escape the heat to go to the hot to eat something hot. <laughs> you ever think about that? I love Bulalo. How many guys love Bulalo. My favorite part of the bulalo is the healthiest part. The one inside, inside the bone, that velvety, buttery, you know, what is that? Mm, Meryl Frappuccino. Like, it's so good. Like, you, you just get a straw and mmm, cholesterol. Like, I love that marrow. You know, you could even order it by itself now in some social place. You put it on your toast, Right? But I love that. I love how great it is. And because of my kids, my kids ask a lot of questions. They ask us a lot of questions, things that I always just assume, things that I, I just, everybody knows that. But I remember them asking one time, they're like, what is bone marrow? Right? What is that? Why is it just supposed to be God created for our goodness to eat? <laughs> Did God just send it to the, the guy thigh? But what bone marrow is, if you're not familiar, how many guys know what bone marrow is? Right? Some of you are Googling right now. I saw it. I saw the Wikipedia pop up. Bone marrow is the soft, fatty tissue inside of the bones in your body. Bone marrow, check this out, contains cells that produce blood cells and platelets, and it is responsible for making, keyword, billions. Your bone marrow is responsible for making billions of new blood cells each day. You probably heard that some people, they have this sickness where they need a bone marrow transplant. The issue is the body is not able to create the blood cells that it needs to stay healthy. It cannot replace or regenerate the blood cells or the platelets. And so what happens is they get sick. Yes, I am a doctor. <laughs> they get sick and now they need to find someone that has a match of their marrow and they replace their marrow with that other person's marrow so that the blood begins to do what it was always meant to do. Doctor. But we are living in a day and age where, in a sense, we need a spiritual bone marrow transplant. We need a revival transplant. In a day and age where we, it is so easy to tell that our world is not in a healthy place. 
to look into our city, to look onto the news and to see things that you would be appalled by. And sometimes you've seen it so many times that you have been dulled to your senses and it seems like it's just normal. To have a child knock on your window begging for food, for me, I do the automatic. But to think that without being numb, to see my daughter knocking on a window, to create enough funds to help mom and dad, it is easy to see that this is not supposed to happen. When life feels unhealthy or even when our spiritual zeal has been waning and now we were not worshiping or we are not worshiping the way we used to. We're saying, hey, how come I'm not like that anymore? How come I can't do that? And life feels fleeting and the need of a revival transplant deep down in our bones is so obvious. See, when revival is in our bones, when revival is in our marrows, when revival is in our lives, it produces new blood that heals the sickness of sin in life and overflows to everything I touch. We need revival. Somebody say revival. I need it in my bones. I need it in my DNA. That was like a hip-hop thing. I got revival in my DNA. No, just kidding. What happens when revival is in your bones? What happens when you begin to get that fresh blood? What happens when your body begins to operate the way it's supposed to operate? When your spirit begins to begin to, begin to worship the way it's supposed to worship. So begin to see things not in the, in the guise of this world, but the clarity of the spirit and our Lord. What does it look like we're going to see in 2 Kings chapter 13? To see what it means to live with revival in my bones. Revival in my bones. Would you open your scriptures to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 20? We're going to be reading two passages, verse 20 and verse 21. And so if you got that ready, let me hear you say amen. If you're not there yet, let me hear you say, wait for me. Let me give you some context while you're turning into that passage. This is, you're going to be seeing, we're going to be talking about Elisha. Elisha is the predecessor of Elijah. Elisha got the double anointing of Elijah. Elisha was so bold that he told Elijah, I don't want just like you. I want double of you. You could be bold when you pray. Can I get an amen? This is a man who did miracles. This is a man who did healings. This is the man that lived the pound for pound principle saying, just bring what you got. Just do what you can and God will multiply it. But now we find him in a tomb. Because he has passed away and in a sense the secret weapon of the nation is gone. The nation is in a chaos. The nation is in a place where they have gone far from God. And they would always depend on Elisha to come back and bring revival, to come back and bring reformation, to come back when it looks like it's the end. But now that Elisha is in the tomb, it, fear, it literally looks like the end. Even the neighboring nations, the enemies no longer are afraid of Israel. Or the people of God. Because their greatest weapon is gone. And so just imagine a world where the Moabites would continue to always invade. You're never safe to be out. Warriors would come and steal and kidnap and kill and destroy just like the enemy. And so this is a place where there is fear. This is a place where there is confusion. It is a place where there are questions. God, I thought we were your people. 
but why is this happening to our life? But though it's a time like that, I need you to understand that even at the darkest day, in the darkest of nights, it's still a time of revival. Because as long as there is a flame inside of you, a fire can come. A fire of revival. And so, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 20. I set it up for you. It's like a movie. Here we go. Then Elisha died and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. And once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. Let's stop there. Elisha has died. They placed them in a tomb. In that culture, a tomb would simply be a cave, a hole in the mountain. And because of space and because of honor and all of that, they would simply place the bodies inside the tomb. There were no separate tombs, really. It was a communal tomb, and they would place them there. Now you have these friends or these family, we're not sure, but they are carrying someone that they love who has passed away. They're bringing them towards the tomb. They're wanting to place him in rest. Just imagine the emotions that are going through their mind. Times of mourning, times of maybe questions, times of, of missing, times of just sadness, times of, man, this person. And so it's already a time that is not joyful. And as they are traveling, as they are walking towards the tomb, they are almost there. But have you heard when it rains, it pours? Because now they hear just the, the, the rumbling of horses and they look to the distance and they can see the shadow of sand flying, and flying into the air. And now approaching is this band of warriors, these band of raiders. Just imagine the fear that has crept upon this family and these friends to the point where you can understand how afraid they are because they do not lay their friend in the tomb. Do they, they do not hastily just place them in the tomb. It says that they throw him in the tomb and they run away. Where their plans are cut short because of the fear of what is coming. And then it goes on and it says, so they hastily threw the corpse. Hastily. Not thinking, panicking, worrying. He's already gone. I got to help myself. And just threw him and ran. But as soon, somebody say as soon. As soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. <laughs> like literally he's like oh my gosh threw him and as soon somebody say as soon as soon as he touches Ow! i feel it jumps up literally revive i wonder what he did i'm just like oh my gosh saw his friends running oy, oy, right he was a dead man who instantly had fire back into his spirit. He was long gone, but his soul has been awakened. Revival has seeped into his bones in an instant. But here's the thing that we will all face. In all honesty, I'll face it. You'll face it. We'll all face it. The decision or the question is, will he go back living how he used to live? 
Or will that power he experienced continue to the rest of his life? Yes, he was revived, amen? But revival is a choice. Yes, God will revive you. Yes, God will revive your spirit. Yes, God will revive your dreams. Yes, God will revive your purpose. But revival is still a choice. He was not animated to become a walking dead controlled by the spirit of God. Yes, I'm alive. <laughs> That's how I imagine the accent of an Arabian dead man. See, some of us here, we got to ask ourselves, Lord, I am crying out for a revival. But the question is, are you crying out to live it out? Because when I have revival, I got to see different. When I have revival in my bones, I got to be different. When I have revival in my bones, I got to act different. When I have revival in my bones, I got to walk different. When I have revival in my bones, I got to speak different. Because I know I am a revival carrier wherever I go. I've got revival in my bones. Somebody say revival. And because God has been speaking to us as a church, I truly believe revival is coming. Yes, there has been revivals in the past, in the 40s, in the 80s. But I really believe it has been contained to a priestly revival. Where the revival has caused people to fall in love with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Great things. But they would be rushing into the church. I heard the revival in the people power move in when they would say Jesus. People would just come to church, fall in love with Jesus. But I believe that in this present day, there will be a revival of the priests and the kings. That there will not only be a revival in the church, but there will be a revival as the church. That the gospel will be carried in such a way that it will enter all the way and permeate outside as kings, as business owners, as entrepreneurs. It will be back where we will be known once again as the pearl of the Orient. So we got to understand revival is coming, but we got to choose to live revival. God is going to revive your dreams. God is going to revive your family. But you and I, we can't wait until the fact. We got to do now, prepare now to choose to live revival. So what do I need to know when revival is in my bones? You guys ready? Number one, what looks like the end may not be the end. Imagine this guy, the family, the friends. It looked like the end. This is it. This is done. He is gone, so might as well just throw him so at least we are alive. I don't need him. We need, we need to stay alive. But when it comes to the spirit of the Lord, we must understand that when it looks like the end, it may not be the end. It may not be the end. I remember a story when I was, I took a cheaper flight um, going from Philippines to Hawaii. Usually I'll take Philippine Airlines, but because I had Hawaiian Airline miles, I decided I'm going to take Hawaiian Airlines to, I believe it was Taiwan or Taipei or somewhere with a T, right? So, I don't know. Chinese, Chinese. And then I would go from there and I would go the, to Hawaii. And that was fine. And it was kind of confusing because there's not, no English in China. Hello, why? Because <laughs> it's China. And then, 
And when I came back and I decided, okay, it's time to go back. So now I'm going to Hawaii, transferring again back to Taipei or Taiwan or something and went to Philippines. And so all my luggage is just an automatic transfer. My destination is Philippines. It's not China. My ticket says Philippines. It's not China. China is simply a layover that I'm going to pass by, but I'm going to Philippines. My baggage, everything that I'm carrying, it knows that it's not stopping there. It's stopping in Philippines. When I get onto the plane, the Chinese um, flight attendant comes up to me. holding. I'm holding my hand carry, and he says, no hand carry. And then I said, no, who are you? Ni <laughs> hao <laughs> And he says, no hand carry, check in. I was like, no, this is a hand carry. And he's like, no hand carry. He grabs it. He says, check in. I go, but I'm not staying here. I'm going to Philippines. He goes, no. And he took my bag. I get to China, and I ask the flight attendant, I go, how do I get my bag? They're like, they took your bag? And I go, yeah, who took your bag? That guy, I don't know, right? And so now this is what I got to do. I got to go to baggage claim in China. That means I got to get out of the airport, I got to get a visa, I got to go to customs, and I got to go out to the baggage claim just to get something that was supposed to be with me all this time. So I'm traveling in China, and I'm walking, I go to the customs, they go, how long are you here? I go, I don't know, two minutes, five minutes? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, why, why? I go, they took my bag, and they're like, what? They stamped me a day, and I was like, whoa, I got China in my passport. <laughs> I go down. I'm literally outside. I am on China, Chinese ground to get my luggage, and I'm getting there, and I have to check back in because my final destination is not China. It is the Philippines. <laughs> I think some of us here are forgetting your final destination. Depression is not your final destination. Pain is not your final destination. Anxiety is not your final destination. Confusion is not your final destination. Fear is not your final destination. Marital conflict is not your final destination. Oh. I told the team to stand, but they don't like to stand. We're trying to build a culture. <laughs> Family drama is not my final destination. I will not my, let my layover determine the rest of my actions. Church, you're heaven bound. You're heaven bound. God, why am I here? Because it's a layover. It's not comfortable because it's not your destination. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26, or verse 28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God can turn an interruption into an intervention. God, why did this happen? Because I'm intervening in your life. God, why did you take this away? Because I'm intervening. I'm trying to direct you to the correct path. Oh, I'm not speaking to somebody. The interruption, the enemy didn't realize that his plan for death God used to bring life. Some of us here keep, keep looking at the battle, not realizing that there's a miracle happening behind you. The friends are literally, literally looking at the enemy rushing them. 
and in haste they run not realizing God was up to something so amazing behind them look I get it if there is danger of course our attention will be towards it but please don't miss out that God can do something even in the midst of pain even in the midst of struggle God is in the revival business I need somebody here to understand that you gotta look again tell the person next to you look again look again look again look again look again Ano Tagalog ng look again? Oh, sige. The second thing that we got to understand with revival in my bones, I got to know that I will live like it matters. I got to live like it matters. Instantly, he revived, jumped onto his feet, and like I said earlier, will he choose to go back to what he used to do and just be the walking dead? Or will he decide that I got to change because God has changed the trajectory of my life. It was supposed to be over, but I looked again and it was not over. Did he choose to be a carrier of revival? To ignite revival, to ignite the atmosphere wherever he went. He encounters the good news and experiences it and sometimes we can fall into the trap that when God moves, we chalk it up to the grace of God, which it is. But it's not supposed to just be the grace of God. Grabe si Lord, ang galing si Lord. Oh nga, grace of God. Oh, His grace, His grace. Galing yung grace niya. But we need to frame it that when God moves in your life, yes, it's the grace of God, but it is also the commissioning of God. We must understand when God steps in, when he saves us from danger, when he saves us from ourselves, we can say, wow, you're so good. Or we can say, wow, God, what do you want me to do with your goodness? Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not good displays, not good posts. I got to do something with what he gave me. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Activate them. Step into our calling. Step into our identity. Step into who we are supposed to be. When I first moved here to the Philippines, there was a time where I got really into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Does anybody do jiu-jitsu in this house? Let's go, bro. Hey, Marlo. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Parang walang tao dito, no? And I got really into it. It was really fun. I've done it in years. Put me on the mat. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll just scream. I don't know what to do anymore. 
But I was so into it. I would go every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This guy would be my partners in the mornings. We would go. We would go at it. I even went into tournaments in MOA. You know, I, I was like, let's go. Mia was there one time, right? My whole family was there, but they weren't watching me. They were too scared. But I got a bronze medal. Let's go. Kasi tatlo lang kami. And I was so into it. And then one day my pastor calls me, Pastor Mike, and he goes, hey. I go, hey, what's up, Pastor Mike? He goes, I see you're really into jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's so much fun. And he goes, yeah, I noticed. You've been posting a lot about it. And I'm like, yeah, I just went to a tournament. And he's like, man, that's amazing. And he goes, I got a question, though. I go, yeah. He goes, are you still a pastor? I was like, wait, 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 what do you mean? He's like, I, you don't post anything about church. I don't see anything about Inspired Church. I don't see any. All I see is just you in the gym, you in the jiu-jitsu, you in this. At the end of the day, what he was trying to remind me was, do you still know who you are? Inspired Church, I need you to understand, do you know who you are? Because a lot of times, social media is simply a window to your passions. And I want people to understand that, yes, I love to exercise. And yes, I love martial arts. And yes, I love that. But depths in my bones, deep down in my marrow, deep down in my DNA, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am blessed by God. I love God. I need God. I want God. He is my father I gotta live like it matters I gotta live like it matters I only got so much time on my hands when I was young like this group over here I remember 40 was old now I, I, I my parents are with me in Hawaii for vacation and they're at 76, 78 and they're already talking about I probably have only a good 15 years left. Why are you laughing at my parents dying? <laughs> but it's true. Like they're, they're literally knowing that they're about to put a stake in the ground. And you know what they're saying? What am I going to do with this 15 years? Every week they go to a food pantry, give away food with their church. They go evangelize every week. They go share the gospel. I see my, at the house, my dad is just listening to sermons 24-7. He's blessing all these people. And I'm realizing that I got to live like it matters. The last one is this. You guys good so far? The last one I realized that because I've got revival in my bones, I got to understand my God is in the revival family business. If I got a family business, it's called revival. Living here has been, it was so fun. And I remember living in our condo. We lived in a condo and there are many times where I'm not car friendly. I'm, I don't really know about cars. I pretend, but I, have, I don't know anything. And so I was, I was driving my Porsche and I didn't realize I... Yeah, my Tesla wouldn't charge. And 
Bios, Bios, Bios. You know, when you, I got in my car, I turned on the engine, it's like, tick, and I go, oh my gosh, it's not turning on. Tick, it's not turning on. I tell uh, Vanny, I call Giovanni, where's Giovanni? Yeah, Giovanni, a production director right now. I call him because he's my neighbor. He lives a couple of blocks away. And I go, Vanny, my car's not starting. He's like, your battery's probably dead. And I go, it probably is. And he goes, you got to get it charged. And so I, I started asking, does anybody have jumper cables? Does anybody have jumper cables? Jumper cable is a cable where you put it in a good battery. You place the other end on the bad battery. And this, as this car moves, it charges the bad battery. But in Philippines, we don't really have those. And so nobody had one around and nobody knew how to, and nobody wanted to get their battery, take it out and charge my battery because it might explode if you don't know what you're doing. So I called Vanny and Vanny goes, all right, you got to manually jumpstart it. And I was like, how do I do that? Remember, I'm not good with cars. He's like, you got to jump into the car. You got to push the car. You got to put the car in first, pl place your uh, foot on the clutch. And when you get enough speed, then you got to pop the clutch, hit the gas, and it should start up. And I was like, okay, makes sense. <laughs> and I'm not even exaggerating, no joke. I didn't realize that you're not supposed to do it by yourself. So I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, gotta go in here. And I'm like, wait, I gotta reverse first. So I'm reversing by myself. I'm begatnamat. I'm reversing. I was able to reverse it. Then I go, and now I'm like, I gotta get enough speed. And so I'm like trying to like push it like a skateboard. And I'm like, this ain't working. And so I call him. I go, bro, I can't do it. He goes, nee, not just you. Tawagan mo yung guard. Tawagan mo yung tao. And I was like, I don't know. I bet you somebody was watching me. Like, what is he doing? Laki naman yung skateboard niya. So Vanny comes to the rescue and he drives over. He gets in there and it's just me and him. There was nobody around, so I'm pushing it. He's in there, because I don't know how to do that magic thing, right? So I'm pushing, we still don't get enough speed. A guard sees us, says, do you need help? Runs with us, then another guy who lives there sees us. That's what I love about the Philippines. You don't even need to ask, they run if they need you, right? And so now we're all pushing, we're grabbing momentum, we're moving it with speed. All of a sudden, Vanny does the trick, and the car goes, boom! Is that good? Is that good? More V18? I don't know. It took the group to push it to a point of momentum so that the engine would ignite and cause the cylinders to combust and bring enough energy to continue to move forward. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need a push. Sometimes I want to move, but when I take the action, there's nothing igniting. I wonder how many of us here have been trying to jumpstart our own life, though. Trying to jumpstart our marriage jumpstart our relationship trying to jumpstart our, our, our business listen revival starts with you but it continues with us 
Check this out, Hebrews 10, verse 24. I'm almost done. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's not just, Mahalku, I love you, Lord. It's also, I'm going to serve you, God. Not giving up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I need you to understand, here's a side note, the end is almost here. Jesus is coming back. Just this past weekend, Israel finally got a red heifer without any blemish to, to, to begin to sacrifice their third temple. That is the sign that God is coming soon. And so we got to understand that when my car, can I get this? When your car is not working, you're not embarrassed to go to the car shop. When your gas is running out, you're not embarrassed to tell the gas station guy you need to get filled up. When something is broken or you're feeling unwell, you're not embarrassed to go to the doctor and be all vulnerable and tell them what's actually wrong with you. And so when I feel like my life is not where it is, when I feel like my hope is low, when I feel like I am in the tomb, when I feel like darkness is consuming, I will find the courage, I will find the confidence, I will find the drive to go and ask my family, to go and ask my church, to go and ask my friends to pray for me, to push me, to guide me, to run with me, to ignite me, to move forward with me. There must be an ignition. Revival is coming, but it doesn't just start with you. It continues with us. So what looks like the end may not be the end. I got to live like it matters. And my God is in not just the revival business, but the family business. Somebody here needs a touch of revival. You don't have to be the walking dead. It's time to touch heaven. Church, would you stand up with me? Worship team, I need you to lead us in the song. Inspire Church, would you begin to prepare your heart?
on, touch heaven. anybody it needs to be a match revival is not going to come from something that is not meant to be in your DNA revival is not going to come from something that doesn't match your marriage won't be revived or you're trying to find it from something that doesn't come from God Finances is not the match. Maybe that career might not be the match. But what is it? The only match that can bring true revival that goes beyond the outside but seeps in and marinates your bones and it changes your DNA makeup and it breaks the hold of sin that has been distorting us ever since the fall. Only that marrow, only that, only comes from Jesus. So Jesus offered his life. He offered his blood to forgive you of your sins, to give you life, to give you that revival. But just like that man, that man had a choice because to be revived was instant. But revival, to live revival was a choice. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, my question to you is this. Is Jesus the source of your life? Not the church, not the religion, not just the blessings, not his hand, but whole him all of him if that's you today's that opportunity yes that man touched the bones of elisha but we are not here to touch the bones of a prophet we are not here to touch the bones of a saint we are not here to touch the bones of a dead man we are here to touch the living body of jesus christ 
So on the count of three, if that's you and you're saying, Nolan, I need that revival. I need Jesus. I need him to be my Lord and my Savior. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. You're not going to be the only one. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm going to just pray for you. I want to walk with you. So on the count of three, if that's you, you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Go. Raise your hand now if that's you. Amen. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen. Yep, I see you. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, yes, Lord. Thank you, John. Would you pray with me, everybody? Let's pray as a family. Would you say, Jesus, I need you. Revive this soul so that I may see again, that I may live again, that I may walk again. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. And amen and amen and amen. Is anybody revived today? Well, welcome to Inspire Church. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro Podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.live.